Ever wondered what goes into making your workwear, especially your customised printed workwear? Well, today's episode, I talk to the man behind printed workwear and uh, why design and colour and all that stuff is so darn important when it comes to your image with your customers. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts, and everything in between. Joining me today on the Tradies Business Show is Mr. Joshua Singer, is his full name. I've been calling him Josh uh, in good Australian form. So uh, Josh is from a business called Printed Workwear. Josh, welcome to the studio, mate. Thank you very much for having me, Warwick. My pleasure. You're not actually in my studio. That would be a bit weird, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in different parts of the country using uh, modern technology, which we managed to figure out eventually, mate. We've got connected up. So, uh, yes, that's it. So, Josh, as I do with everybody that I have on the show these days, um, I hate bios. Uh, well, I hate bios when they're read by other people about other people. It seems a little detached. So, mate... Um, Tell the Tradies Business Show listeners who you are and what you do and, and maybe a little bit of how you ended up doing it, mate. It's it's an interesting business you're in. Okay, sure. Well, look, um, yeah, essentially um, our primary, um, my background and my roots is I'm actually a designer by trade and um, I used to do websites and kind of graphic design and, and kind of little different pieces like that. Um, essentially how Printed Workwear was formed is um, through one of our other companies, which is called Pistol Clothing. Um, probably about six or seven years ago, um, we started off on a really kind of simple idea, which was creating custom T-shirts. Um, and about seven years ago, no one in the marketplace was kind of actually doing it. So we started off essentially just building a really, really kind of basic form of a website where customers could upload a photo, get that kind of done online, and then essentially we would print it onto a T-shirt and, um, yeah, kind of deliver it. Australia wide. Um, so that's kind of how we started off, um, and that's where the kind of the one of the kind of the primary focuses are. Um, and essentially through that, um, well, I guess most of I guess of recent times, say over the past two to three years, um, we've had I guess a lot of requests lately for workwear type related items. Um, and I guess that's kind of where the idea of printed workwear was was born and created. Cool, mate. So really, this is a an offshoot from your original idea. Yes, exactly. I guess you could call it a kind of a sister type of idea. Okay. Is, and yeah. I got to ask Josh, uh, which one's doing better, mate? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a good question because look, essentially for us, look, pistol clothing is our foundation. It is, I guess, I guess from a trader's point of view, it is. It's our house and it's our foundation. And I think they, they kind of both need to coexist. You know, they, they both kind of leverage off each other. Um, but to kind of answer your question, as of lately, I guess we've seen a really good surge um, with printed work in terms of orders coming through, and that's kind of showing some, um, yeah, some really good potential at the moment. Now, mate, uh, I'm actually currently looking at some of your cool gear uh, in the Tradies Business Show studio, which you were kind enough to send up to me um, in, a, in a very exciting large yellow Australia Post bag, which surprisingly found me yes. <laughs> in these right. days of Australia Post, mate. Uh, g'day to anybody from Australia Post that's listening. Um, mate, it's good-looking stuff, and uh, I like the fact that you've gone and stolen my logo off the website or something and <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, embroidered it onto a bunch of shirts and high-vis gear, mate. So very impressive. Thank you. Well, I think, yeah, that was kind of like the idea. I kind of want to send you, as I mentioned before, like something a bit kind of secret. And I thought, well, well what's the best way to kind of explain, you know, what we do and that kind of stuff was to, to kind of show you some of those type of garments. And I guess I was trying to guess as well, like what size and stuff like you'd be. So, <laughs> well, it's all, it's all gone, but... Unfortunately, mate, uh, I'm, I'm not in the, uh, the the middle of the bell curve when, when it comes to clothing sizes, mate. Um, yes. I'm, I'm a smaller size dude. So, uh, But I tell you what, I, I did see yeah. all that gear and what I'm going to do for listeners, mate, and, and uh, you and I can put the thinking caps on when we stop recording uh, this part of the episode, is yeah. I'm going to give it all away, mate. Exactly. Um, 
That's yeah, it's yeah. fair for so it's up for grabs and um, yeah. So we're we're going to come up with a competition, listeners. Another one. Uh, I've been giving some stuff away lately. I'm a generous guy, um, yeah. and there's going to be tradies out there uh, rattling around with some high vis tradies business show gear on. So um, listen to the end of this episode to find out what Josh and I uh, come up with in a quick brainstorm for a competition. But, mate, getting back to, I guess, your the evolution of your business, you know, you've gone from being a, a designer. Obviously, you've started a business, and it's something that a lot of my listeners have done, obviously, because they're in business, so they had to start it. What was what was uh, your business start like? I mean, can you can you give us some insights, mate? Um, well, if I kind of go back to the early kind of years, um, as kind of mentioned before, my background was design. So I kind of, um, after, I guess, high school, I went straight and I didn't take a kind of a gap year or anything like that. Looking back on it, I kind of think I should have had a break, but <laughs> I was full of energy and, and I was pretty um, actually lucky. And funnily enough, down the road from where we are in Sydney, I got accepted into a um, design school and I just made it through the, the waiting list because um, at the time it was quite competitive just to get into um, a design centre type tape, type course. Mm. And so I've always really had a passion for, um, I guess, art and drawing from a from an early age. And I kind of saw graphic design and, and web design. And at that time, I guess, web design was really just starting to evolve yep. and, and kind of form. And um, I guess kind of through that, I was able to learn some skills um, but to be honest, most of the stuff I kind of picked up, I guess, I just really just taught myself um, because I felt at the time maybe some of the classes were a bit, I guess, a little bit outdated to as opposed to what was kind of happening in terms of technology at the time. Mm. Um, but kind of getting back to what you're kind of asking is is um, kind of through that, I started doing a bit of freelance work to, you know, I guess kind of like friends and, and family and stuff like that. And I kind of formed into a bit of a, just by accident, really, without even thinking about things, um, a bit of a design type company. In essence, it's kind of where it all started. Cool. So it was just kind of yeah. an accidental business startup, mate. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of accidental, but also the other thing too was I actually was applying for a couple of jobs, um, and yeah, I just really had no luck at the time for employment. Um, I really, I guess, at an early age, I really had this kind of that kind of cat vision of. You know, like, you know, I'm kind of on this one path and, and my idea was maybe to work for a huge corporation like, I don't know, Coca-Cola is their, you know, senior graphic designer and that was like my kind of, you know, high school, you know, type dream that that was my going to be, you know, my goal and, you know, maybe throughout time I'll, I'll be able to, you know, proceed and I guess process to, I guess, another level and another level and another level to maybe one day I was like a senior art director and, yeah, like a, a fancy-type Coca-Cola organization or company. Mm. And uh, you didn't really do that, mate. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, as I said, that was a weird thing. You Look, I, I went for some interviews and, and I remember, you know, and just coming straight after school, I was probably about 21 or 22 years of age. Um, just, you know, I mean, I think that's one of those things too is like the schools, they don't really prepare you for those type of interviews. So... You know, there I was, and, you know, I'm sure like these days it's really different, but I had one of those like really huge, and I'm talking like an A2, like those really black kind of folders, and, you know, I've got to show all these kind of, you know, things from school that I've done. And I think that was the the hardest thing with the interviews was um, with employment. You know, people obviously want to hire somebody with experience, and, you know, coming out of kind of school, I didn't really have really any examples of rural experience except for, I guess, these pretend type of, design projects that we had done as assignments at the time. Hmm. So how was your business start, mate? Was it uh, a nice, easy one? I mean, it sounds pretty simple. Um, you know, you kind of fell into it. It, it just sort of happened. Uh, is that reality, mate? Or Look, in terms of was it an easy start, I think when I used to just kind of be by myself, the, the simple answer was yes, it was. Um, you know, I was just living at home with, you know, my mum at the time and, and it was just great. You know, as soon as I'd pick up some work, it was great. I'd have a bit of spare cash, spare bit of money. Um, obviously, you know, working from home, you didn't really have to, you know, I'd help out, but you didn't have to focus about, you know, rent, 
um, employees' wages, um, all those kind of outside costs, which you kind of, you know, that goes around in your head at kind of this point in time. Mm. So to, I guess to come back to your thing was that, yeah, like at the start it was an easy start and there was no stress. Like I didn't, you know, if I didn't have a job on or there was nothing to do, then, you know, that's cool, that's okay. Yeah, so um, it takes yeah. a lot of that pressure off, mate. Exactly, exactly. Um, so starting a business uh, can take a lot of time uh, and certainly to get up and running. But um, I actually have a, a something of a business friend that I know has done pretty well out of selling, you know, like custom printed sneakers and stuff online via Facebook yeah. uh, pages and online shopping sites. I mean, Mm-hmm. And that exploded quickly for him, and and he's very good at what he does. And it sounds like you guys are too. I mean, you've got a stack of reviews online too. I was I was um, having a bit of a scroll through your your web page and all the entries that come up, and you know you got some rave reviews about the service uh, and the, you know the speed, the design, the quality, all that sort of stuff. Um, how how quickly did this take off for you guys? Um, so if we're talking about printed work or as such. Um, look, as I said before, we were kind of starting to get some of those requests through, um, obviously, the pistol company. Mm. But where it really took shape was, um, I guess, when we sat down and we said, well, look, if we're getting all these kind of requests from tradespeople for all these different type of highways, um, then we kind of really just put this plan together and thought, well, why don't we come up with a new kind of idea, which is maybe a website that would be targeted towards, for example, tradies and, and whatnot. Um, that was actually designed in the sense that we'd have products, we'd try and make the website as easy as possible, mm. and we kind of did a bit of basic market research before we put everything together to kind of just think about, well, I guess we try to put our, like, heads inside the heads of tradies, as kind of crazy as that kind of might sound a bit. Mm. Um, no, it but, sounds, sounds like a good plan to me, mate. <laughs> Understanding your customers, it's fairly critical. Yeah, it's almost like a full circle because the, the difference between what printed worker is and just digressing back to what pistol is, originally we were the like the first, the idea of pistol clothing was you could actually view a preview. Like I back, you know, as I said, 17 years ago, it was exciting. So here's a photo and this is how it looks from a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, it hadn't really been done before. So the idea was people would, there you go, that's how it looks onto a T-shirt, that's how it looks on a design. You'd spend, you know, your time typing the text. And it'd be exciting and that's it, you know, that's great. I'm going to order it. It's that kind of instant kind of gratification. When we started the idea of printed workwear, traditionally, say, some of the other websites out there, say, in Australian marketplace or if you look overseas, a lot of them are focused on building an online-type design tool. Mm. So I think one of the features we thought to try and stand out and be a bit different is I guess we just assume that say for example a lot of just like everyone everyone's kind of busy you know everyone's kind of you know got their own type of schedule but I guess we thought with trans people not that they don't have much of a technology you know, technological background it's just they're probably they're more focused on a different side of things yeah and I guess we kind of presume that say most traders and you know I could be wrong you know maybe like now it's all changed but a lot of them weren't kind of tech savvy, you know, a lot of people are impatient, you know, they're working really hard, you know, long hours, they're very tired. They kind of didn't want to go to a, I just thought they didn't want to go to a computer screen, spend a lot of time designing, uploading, okay, I've got to get my photo and all that kind of stuff, get it right, spend hours and hours and then kind of put it through. So the idea of printed workwear was just to keep it really simple and clean. And then you can essentially just upload your logo Go through a really simple wizard, and then what we do to make the kind of difference is we've got, say, a couple of our designers, and then we'll send you back the design proof via email. Mm. So we're trying to simplify things a little bit to the end customer yeah, and then help, help increase the speed kind of that one. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a question I was going to ask you, Josh, is what, <laughs> what sets you guys apart? You know, what's different about printed workwear? Um, well, I think that's exactly it. You know, like we really, you know, for example, our background, as I said, you know, being a designer, all of us here, we have a background in design and also printing. So, we, you know, we're really focused in trying to get, you know, the quality of the colours right. Um, you know, we all kind of care about all the kind of the orders that we use. Um, we try and offer styles. Um, that's, I guess, very fashion forward. And, you know, for example, today we've just put up a whole bunch of new styles and new products 
that suppliers have just launched. So we, we try and keep our finger on the pulse and, and you know, able to offer, you know, new and exciting and fashion forward type products to, to traders as, as if like, you know, we, we would be wearing them ourselves, maybe out, you know, to a fancy weekend and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. So, I mean, is that stuff really that important, mate? You talk about color and design, and I know that's probably a little bit of uh, blasphemy talking to a designer about those things. And I got a, a mate who's been a creative director um, in some of the big ad agencies for years. Uh, so we tend not to talk about those things because he's very particular about it. Way <laughs> of things. What's that? Sorry. I said obviously artists have a you know certain way of things and being particular and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but. As far as the the end product and you know like getting the colors right and the the even the size of the logo and the placement and that sort of stuff for workwear in particular I mean does that stuff make a difference to a uniform and to customers perceptions I mean is it really worth worrying about Yes I think it is because everyone's really concerned about their image now um, I guess especially with social media stuff like, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, obviously taking off Snapchat. Um, I guess especially, you know, showing up to sites, people, are, you know, especially tradespeople, they, they are definitely, you know, particular about their brand because, you know, more than ever they're kind of, I guess, starting their own business. And especially, you know, we deal with, say, most of our customers might be starting, you know, their business for the first time and, you know, they're all really excited. This is their first time they're going to do it. So, Especially for them, you know, being a small business and, you know, not saying that, you know, some of our products are extremely expensive or cheap, but still, you know, a few hundred dollars, you know, for a few various bits of products. So I guess it's really important for them to make sure that they're getting exactly what they want. Um, and I, I guess that's exactly it too. The hardest thing is sometimes you just can't imagine and you, you can't picture and you say, oh, okay, well, for example, the tradies business show, I mean, okay, if I'm going to have a black garment, are we going to go white on top of that? How will that look? So mm. that whole design process that we do when we send back customers' designs, a lot of times, you know, they'll see it and go, you know what, I'm not really 100% sure about that front left position. Maybe let's make it bigger, let's make it smaller. So it kind of gives them that kind of chance that, you know, to, to adjust things until they can visually see it um, for them to help it. And then they can help them kind of decide uh, on the placement, I guess, a lot better. Yeah. And, look, I, I'm probably playing a little bit of the devil's advocate there with you, Josh, but uh, it it is important. And, you know, customer perception is critical. I was, I was doing some uh, sales leadership with a, a group of sales people earlier in the week and we were talking about um, the rule of threes. You know, you get three seconds when you meet somebody to earn the right to speak for 30 seconds um, and then engage them for another three minutes, which gets you 30 minutes and so on, right? So, you know, humans are visual creatures. We we judge based on the way things look, despite the old adage about never judge a book by its cover. Yes. Um, we still do. So it's, so it's a paradox in a way. Yeah, yeah. So it is really important. And I know, uh, you know, I took my car to a new mechanic today and even down to the color of his workshop and the uniform that he was wearing and his logo and all that stuff. I mean, I'm aware of all those things, but I still found myself looking at them and going, yeah, I really like the color of his workshop and he just subconsciously and, mm -hmm. and it does have an impact on how customers feel about dealing with you, especially with tradies who, you know, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly in most cases, get a bit of a, a, a raw deal as far as what people think of them. Well, exactly, and I think if you kind of, you know, think about through time and how it's kind of evolved, and, and then, yeah, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, it was maybe cool, it was, you know, the very kind of typical, you know, Australian way to have shirts with holes because you've been working really hard and <laughs> not really care and be dirty and smelly, and that was kind of, maybe that was just kind of the iconic way of kind of doing things, and maybe the, there's this whole emergence of, whether it's kind of metrosexual type people or hipsters or whatever you kind of want to call it, there's a, there's a new influx and especially as well female, you know, a lot of female tradies are into the marketplace now as well that people people just want to shop to work, um, I guess, looking good. But also true is that, yeah, people want to have that association from a branding point of view as well. Mm. 
Yeah, uh, uh, hipster tradies, mate. I don't know. I guess there's probably some hipster tradies running around, maybe in Sydney. Uh, definitely in Sydney. A lot of a lot of people around here I see on the streets with beards and, you know, looking pretty cool to the part. So. Yeah, yeah. The beard is definitely back, isn't it, mate? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sporting a beard, Josh? No, actually, look, I used to. I used to, but not like a full kind of long beard. But I think, see, the problem with me is if I start – having too much growth it starts getting really itchy because like in sydney it's quite humid so yeah yeah I try and, you know I'm, I'm, I'm told beard oil is the uh, the secret mate but uh no, i'm not, so. not a big fan of rubbing oil all over my face anyway uh, <laughs> that's enough about our beards mate one day when i'm all much older i'll, I'll bring it back possibly <laughs> So, uh, mate, what you've talked a bit about the design process with clients and, and uh, how you guys are different. I mean, isn't it just as simple as you pick a, a T-shirt or a polo and you guys stick it in a machine and it puts a logo on it? Look, um, I kind of, I guess, I wish it was, but because, well, that's exactly it. I mean, because really the logos are all different, like um, there's, you know, different logos, different positions, different colors. There's also different fabrics. There's different supplies. So, funnily enough, there's actually lots of variables that kind of go into place that I guess most people wouldn't really think about. Um, you know, say, for example, if we just look at, say, one aspect, which is, say, uh, broadering, mm. um, you know, we could, say, pick up, you know, maybe one customer and they've got, like, this full-coloured gradient in their logo. But, unfortunately, with technology at the moment, we can't do gradients inside embroidery or stitching. It's just not possible. Mm. So we have to then take that logo and maybe break it down to, to maybe three or four different solid type colors for embroidering to, I guess, that kind of give it a bit of a similar effect to it. So, look, in some instances, like we, we get people who are just, you know, it's great, like they just want something really simple, like it could just be text, you know, like event staff or it could just be, um, you know, you know, staff or anything like that or maybe even their logo and then they just type it. So I guess in, in those instances, it's pretty straightforward and, you know, if it's just black, like, you, know, you can't really go wrong with a colour like black. So um, there are those instances where, yes, it is pretty straightforward. Um, but most of the time, you know, um, people have been very creative. Um, like I remember, once again, back at school, starting design, you know, young, you know, you're so creative. You're adding all these colours, you're doing all this amazing stuff, you, you're trying to do this huge college of design. And then you come into the real world and then you see you know, big brands like Coca-Cola or, you know, anything like that. And everyone's got these one colour, two colour, not boring type logos or anything like that, but just very traditional, simplistic type colours. Mm. Um, but I think what's happening now is because there's, um, I think there must be some really great designers out there. There's websites like, um, which I'm sure you've heard of now, like Fiverr and Upwork and Lots of um, there's also an Australian website called 99 Designs, which mm-hmm. produce great design work. Um, so there's a great probably resurgence now of people producing and having you know logos which are full color, yeah, or just have more than one to two type colors to it to I guess add a bit of variety and and stand out to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've seen that uh, <clears throat> and working with uh, a lot of tradies over the years. And having seen a lot of different logos and brandings and seen it done well and seen it done maybe not so well, <laughs> um, you know, I've I've noticed that logos have probably become a little more complex again, um, just as an overall observation. Uh, yeah, I guess you could, yeah, definitely you could say that. Um, I think, look, both, both, you know, there's some, some people doing some really simplistic logos, which, you know, you can't go wrong. Everyone's talking about simple, think Apple, think, you know, anyone else. Everyone's got really simplistic logos. But, for example, we've just done a, a job today and there's there's a huge image on these back of these hybrid shirts for a company and it's got a big, you know, um, uh, I forgot what it's called, those huge excavation uh, what are they call where they dig, you know, the hole into the ground. Yeah, yeah, yep. Excavated, like earth moving. Cat type kind of excavating type thing. Oh, yeah, yep. He's got, he's got all this kind of rubble and sand and whoever's done this kind of illustration. And he's actually got a, yeah, a horse as well in the background. So, you know, this guy's going all out and it looks really cool. And, you know, and, and I guess that's the other thing too is the technology is there now to, to be able to produce and print it from, you know, I guess a, a more cost-effective way than... Maybe ten years ago, you really couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
so you know we, we're talking a bit about design and and logos and branding. Do you think it's possible to go too far the other way, Josh, and and just get too hung up about it and and spend too much time and money on this stuff? Look, I think pretty. There's some people who are very meticulous. Some people are just very call it OCD. I mean, not even that. I think just people. Um, I guess everyone's really striving for the best out of everything, and, and I guess everybody wants everything to be the best version, everything perfect. But look, sometimes with you know printing and 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 sometimes you see what you see on the computer screen looks great on your you know your Macintosh and inside Photoshop, and sometimes you you produce when you print it, it's going to be it's a different medium. It's always going to look you know it could be slightly different, um, you know and and because, you know, somebody at home could have a PC and another person's looking off their mobile phone and iPhone, because of all the different color variations, um, and obviously at the end of the day we're all human, we can never kind of get everything 100% perfect to everyone, but I guess we want to try and do our best and, you know, like we've got, you know, we've got 100% guarantee, so if there's any issues with anybody, you know, we'll say, look, no worries, just send it back, mm. let us know what the issues were, we'll fix it, not a problem. And, and I think that's kind of like possibly one of the only ways we can kind of counteract that because we know we could we can never be 100% perfect every single time. Mm. Obviously, we're going to try and do our best for every single kind of project. But being human, sometimes, you know, if there is a mistake, we have that kind of opportunity where we can try and, and fix it. Um, and, and that's the other thing too is, you know, sometimes people look at visuals and it looks really nice, but somebody wears the clothing or the garment and it might be a little bit too big or it might be a little bit too small and mm. maybe how big their chest is or how tall they are, their logo might, you know, we might have printed it perfect, but maybe when you wear it, it just might go a little bit to the left or right. So that, yeah, it does kind of affect some people. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, mate, it's it's probably something that I think a lot of business owners um, – it's almost like there's two ends of the spectrum and people don't find much middle ground on this. They either don't have a very good logo, maybe they, they got their you know 15-year-old daughter to do it on Microsoft Word or something, yes. uh, <laughs> or they spend $1,000 and get something that really is, is probably over the top, not necessary, didn't need to invest or, or spend that much money. And not a lot of middle ground where it's like good enough is good enough um, rather than sort of going for perfection or just something that's absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Are there are there some, you know, if there's a, a listener out there that's thinking, well, we're about to rebrand or I've just started my business and I want a logo, um, are there some things that people should consider when they're actually putting one together or putting a brief together for someone on, you know, a site like 99designs or Fiverr or whatever? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question because, well, start off, for example, I mean, if, if you're going to be producing, say, um, you know, maybe say say somebody's going to produce a logo and you say, you know what, I want to have it to have it be full color, all these kind of colors and gradients, you might want to kind of think about a practical point of view. I mean, even pushing aside, say, worker uniforms, mm-hmm. say, for example, you might get signage printed for your car or, you know, posters and flyers. Um, to start off with, when you start doing kind of full color, any type of full color printing, generally there's going to be more of a higher cost than if you do one or two colors. So, from a financial point of view, it might be a little bit more expensive. But, you know, and kind of in saying that too, there's some really good kind of middle ground. And I agree with you that, um, you know, people have some really good opportunities out there with the different websites. Plus, there's some really amazing, great Australian freelancers out there as well. So, I think. You've got to kind of ask yourself, you know, the, the type of person you are that, you know, if you do want to get a really good logo that you care about, maybe you need to, and, you, and you're kind of a bit more hands-on and you want to see it and you want to sit down and kind of talk to someone, then it's maybe better for you to spend a little bit more money and maybe work mm-hmm. with a local kind of freelance graphic designer, get that one-on-one where maybe some of the changes are a bit quicker. Like I used to have a thing where I had people, you know, would come over to my place and, I just found it was great because, you know, people say, look, I'm not really sure which colour. Um, and bang, you know, within two seconds, how's this red? Not, don't like it. What about this blue? Bang, perfect. So sometimes that can kind of help. Um, but say for those other people who might not have access to, you know, working with a freelance designer, you know, they can go to these kind of websites like Upwork, Fiverr, 99designs. Um, there's heaps of kind of them out there. 
um, but maybe have a brief. And probably the best thing I could suggest is is have an idea. Well, this is the other thing too is with design is a lot of people will come up, even with T-shirt design or any type of design, you'll have people who come up to you and go, you know what, you're the professional. And this could be with trainees as well with painters and plumbers. You're the professional. You're the architect. I trust you. Design me something. You know what? You're the professional. You you go for it. You know you. I, I trust you. You're the you know you're the expert. And then you know that architect or that other person. You know they come back after spending a fair bit of time. They produce something, and then and then the customer's like, oh, you know what? I don't really like it. It's not what I really wanted. So I think as somebody who's probably putting it up there. You probably do want to have a look around and, and maybe do some research and say, you know, here's some examples of some, some logos I like. Um, here's some ones I don't like. You know, here's my favorite colors. Um, you know, and, and I guess you probably want to just provide as much information as you can to the person who, I guess, ends up doing the design work to help them out because in some ways design and, and, and to a certain point printing is – and art, I guess, is a kind of generally kind of speaking, is it's all a bit of a guesswork and, and you're kind of creating something that kind of doesn't exist. So it's almost, you know, this is very subjective, but it's almost creating a bit of a miracle or something from scratch, like a creation mm-hmm. that never existed before that you're trying to think what's going on. And obviously we're not mind readers. We can't really think what you're thinking. So it's, it's I guess, just trying to extract as much information as you can and saying, look, yeah, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. I like these colors. I want to keep it simple, or I want go go all out, have it all crazy, full color stuff. And I guess just having a clear direction from the start would, would probably be the best way to start things. Good advice, mate. I'm wondering if that also applies to shopping for an anniversary gift for my partner because. <laughs> um, she's not sure what she wants, but I know that she knows what she wants. She just doesn't know how to t- <laughs> how to tell me. Yeah, well, there you go. If you want to get her a, you know, a vest, a high-vis vest. <laughs> Something yeah. different. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that's, but, um, I, I like yeah. your thinking, mate. I like I like your angle, but, uh, yeah, I think I'll stick with, you know, jewellery <laughs> or something safe like that. But actually, there you go. I mean, just talking about your friend with that, just digressing back to that whole personalisation of the shoes. I mean, that's exactly the other thing too is that, you know, the personalisation industry is growing in that sense and, and people are customising anything. I mean, I remember quite a few years back when iPhone cases came out and that was the trend to customise a photo into an iPhone case. And, you know, that was that really took off. But, you know, that's a bit of a fashion thing and I think not many people might be doing it at the moment. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. interesting how some of these trends come and go, mate. Uh, you, I, I want to sort of loop back to something you mentioned about uh, you know, we, we sort of spoke a little tongue-in-cheek about hipster tradies, but um, yes. has fashion really come into workwear? Because maybe I'm just a bit of a crusty old guy that thinks, well, you get a polo shirt and you stick your logo on it, but is is fashion really a part of the decision with workwear these days? Yes, I definitely think 100% yes on that because, yeah, like there's all these really kind of like young, cool guys. Um, everyone's working out. Everyone's looking after themselves. And I don't know, like, we, you know, we've had customers before that have come in and, you know, they're all kind of decked out looking. It's almost like a high school. You know, in high school you're wearing your Nikes or your Billabongs back in the days or whatever the cool Mambo fashion label was. Um, it's kind of that kind of idea now with workwear that people don't want to be wearing these baggy kind of, you know, high-vis shirts that's torn and it's got holes and painted in it. Um, people um, want to look kind of cool. And, and even if you have a look now, say, even on Instagram, there's a lot of, um, you know, even workwear labels that's popping up into the marketplace, that, that's really fashion orientated, that's, um, I guess, even emerging. So mm. um, I guess it can mm. only mean that, you know, there really is, a you know, an emergence um, or growth in that kind of, that scene that, yeah, people want to look good, people want to wear stuff that's really nice, feels good, and, and more importantly, you know, I guess if you're going to be wearing that same thing every single day, you might as well want to, I guess, enjoy wearing it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And feel good, I guess, as well, you know, like you want to feel good inside. Yeah, and I think that's a key thing too uh, that, again, perhaps gets left out of this, and, and I don't make, mean to uh, dramatise workwear and uh, and uniforms, but, you know, you think about a team of people. Uh, I had a conversation with someone about this stuff just recently 
about mm-hmm. what people value in their role. And it's amazing how how uh, positively staff respond to having nice uniforms to wear, you know, that they're nice shirts, they fit well, they make them look good or they feel good in them. Um, they're not sweaty, uh, like you say, torn, all that sort of stuff, even liking the logo and how it's placed. And, you know, it's actually a really great way to boost your team morale and team culture as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Probably like a really, really good way. And plus, you know, if you kind of think of that whole um, Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy, I mean, I, in, in comparison, I think there's that thing on the internet where apparently he wears, I think he wears the same T-shirt every day. <laughs> or that was Steve Jobs wearing that same kind of jumper, that turtleneck thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, we're kind of the opposites of that. That you know, I, to be honest, I'd go crazy wearing the same sh- shirt every day, and like it'd probably be pretty smelly or stinky. You probably need to have maybe five or six spares of that same shirt. But <laughs> I think you know, like people want to have that kind of variety, like. Um, you know, some people that we, we find that, you know, they'll, they'll order some, you know, for example, if they're placing an order with us, they might get, you know, some really kind of nice, serious, um, they'll mix and match. Um, so they'll get the traditional high-vis, um, you know, tradie, fleur, all that kind of um, workwear stuff. Mm. But they're also kind of getting a couple of, you know what, I'll get a couple of those really nice business shirts you guys do as well. And that's awesome, you know, all those really nice 100%, you know, fine quality, you know, those polos which look like um i think that kind of fred perry you know really premium type look Hmm. Um, so when they show up to meetings i guess they've got that um uniqueness or that kind of that presentation that you know they when they dress up they i guess that's almost that sense of not only confidence but i guess they're portraying that image of um who their brand is and okay well this is us we're professional people um, you know, we're really organized and we care about how we dress and how we look. Um, and I think that kind of maybe reflects possibly even on an unconscious level to the, their prospective customers. Absolutely, mate. Like, yeah. It's that whole appearances and uh, people judging book by covers. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. my mechanic had clean hands. He was wearing a, a smart, uh, you know, collared uh, short sleeve button down, you know, dark colored shirt so it doesn't show any grease or anything nice snappy logo uh yeah. clean workshop like it just it said that he cared about his appearance and to me that said that he cared about my the appearance of my car and you know the cleanliness yeah. of his work and it says so much so i don't think we can labor yeah, like, that point too much for the sake of a, a 40 dollars shirt or something like we had one customer come in and he goes oh it's new workshops and I said, oh, okay, yeah, no worries, happy to help out, the usual. And I said, well, how long has it been since we last got uniforms? And he told me, oh, it's been 13 years. Holy smokes. <laughs> and, I was finished, and it was the most, I think it originally used to be black, and it was so faded, I think it turned into like, <laughs> kind of light gray color. <laughs> he was getting his money money's worth out of that, mate. He is. I said, I just said, that shirt's really lasts a long time. And he said, yeah, you know what? He said, every day I've been meaning to get new uniforms, but for, well, for whatever reason, he said, I've been always putting it off. Mm. And I said, well, I'm, I just said, look, I'm glad you're here. You're in safe hands. And, um, yeah, hopefully these – I'm not sure if these are going to last 15 years again for you, but I said, then, well, hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll come back sooner and we can do some more stuff for you. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, Josh, you've worked with some pretty sizable companies in Australia and, and uh, you know, doing uh, workwear for them. I mean – Names like Qantas and Sony and Samsung. I mean, it it certainly s- sounds like you've built a great business. Uh, you know, you've got some great values in your business. I'm sure it hasn't always been plain sailing, mate. And I think, uh, look, it's 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 too easy sometimes to talk about challenges, but I do find there's a lot of learnings for those of us in business from other people who've made mistakes and how they recovered from those. So, have you have you hit any speed bumps along the way, Josh? Yes. Um, look, in the early days, we um, we had a lot of issues with the technology um, that we invested in. Um, you know, we one example is we, we invested um, a really a fair chunk of, of money into one type of um, printing equipment, which all looked really good in the demonstration, but to really kind of dull it down and do a bit of a short story, um, it just never really worked. And, um, you know, the salespeople, you know, promised the world was going to be able to do this, to do that. 
And unfortunately, at that time, we really only had kind of one machine and, and another machine. So um, as, as soon as that kind of went down, it was very stressful from a production point of view because obviously, you know, we're taking orders for customers, which we, you know, we were trying to fulfill and produce, but we couldn't. So um, we had a lot of kind of instances, kind of dark days like that. Um, we had issues where... Um, you know, some of the, you know, garments we were kind of using with, you know, different supplies weren't good enough quality as well. So we've, we've really had, you know, um, you know, to spend lots of hours researching. I mean, another, you know, example is I remember in the early days when we tried to build this website, um, we actually, well, I had a really good program I used to work with. And that, that's the other thing too. I'm sure everyone always says it's really hard to find good people to work with, whether it's internal or outside. And um, he was very good, but um, fortunately, um, well, fortunately for him, he ended up, he was really good actually, and he ended up getting a job for, um, I think it was across the road from Google at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was so happy for him, I was really excited, and he, and he really, you know, helped build a really early version of what was the original company, you know, pistol clothing with the digital printing. Um, so that was probably a learning curve, and that's when we started to use some of these kind of outside websites. And then when it came to even building printed workwear, um, I remember we we kind of contracted one program and we we, we you know I, I got everything already. Look, here's all the updates, here's all this stuff, and and that's the kind of thing too as well in in kind of today's society we place a lot of trust and we do a lot of business with people. Like even you know, for say example, you and me, like we've never met yet, we're kind of having this conversation. Mm. So even from a technology point of view and with programming, you know. I was, we were kind of like we found this programmer. He looked really good on one of those kind of you know freelance type websites. Looked amazing, great communication at the start. But you know we were kind of sending all this money, and then you know we'd get some kind of updates here and there. But so in the end, we we ended up losing a lot of money because when we, we tried to get, say for example, another programmer to come in and take over the code, um, that programmer then said, "Oh look, you know, not sure what programming you know code he was doing, but that's." A little bit outdated. Um, it doesn't work. It's not compatible. So I mean, we, we kind of I guess had to reinvest um, a bit of money to then build up the new website. And, and I'm glad we did because you know I think that's exactly too. Everyone's got their fair share of um, you know mistakes, problems, and failures. But um, I guess it takes time to realise that you have to kind of get over that hurdle because you know there's always you know. Even though, like, you've got that kind of damage, you've got to go, okay, well, this never worked out. You, I guess you've got to pick up and keep going. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It's a common thread amongst people who have found success in business, Josh, and that is that whole thing of just keep going. You know, you, you're going to get some knocks, uh, some expensive lessons along the way. Uh, and, you know, we're always faced with those choices in life where we can, you know, take that as the final beat down or uh, get up and go again. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure like any, I guess, entrepreneur or, you know, person you kind of speak to and, you know, I look back on some of the mistakes and, and, and I guess, you know, you know, problems and, and instances we've had and challenges, I guess you could call it. Um, and I don't have any regrets at, at all about, about them that kind of happened because I, I feel that, yeah, like, you know, you need to have those mistakes. You need to really, really make them to grow because otherwise – you know, if you don't make those mistakes, then I guess that's really what makes us human. Like we need to have those errors, mistakes to, I guess, grow as a person, become stronger and I guess visually try and, I guess, possibly not make that same mistake into the future, which obviously we can't. But mm. I guess try and use that experience um, to more look like a positive light Absolutely. and experience the future. Absolutely. There's, there's a great line in uh, one of my favorite bands, Boy and Bear. Um, there's a great line in one of their songs where they say, if failure don't hurt, then failure don't work at all. And oh, nice. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if that's how they intended it, but I hear that line. It's like, yeah, you know what? If, if, you know, if you don't hurt, if you don't sort of fall down and skin your knees, then failing doesn't work. You've sort of got to take the pain from it and use that as a learning experience rather than just keep failing. So you kind of it's, got to have that hurt that goes with it, whether it's financial or emotional or psychological sometimes. So anyway. Exactly. And I think, you know, all those kind of books you can buy and all those, um, you know, huge entrepreneurs, all those motivational people out there, and, and you look at anyone, you know, whether it's, 
you know, Abraham Lincoln to, I guess, you know, that whole idea of Rome wasn't built in a day is that, you know, and Thomas Edison, you know, so many thousands of examples that people mm. never really made it on their first go and they need to have all those issues to, to I guess, progress further. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Josh, what is next for printed workwear? I mean, what does the future look like for you? Um, well, look, we're, we're going pretty good at the moment. I think we're very fortunate at the moment where we've got um, some really good customers at the moment who, you know, reorder with us on a certain kind of basis and quite frequently. And I guess that's the great thing that once we've got a certain base and a really good foundation doing our best to look after customers, um, we can then try and look towards the future. And I think I think the future for us is to just to really um, look after and, and I guess improve as much as we can the experience for customers, um, whether it's simple things like updating the website to keeping a, a pulse on, you know, different fashion trends. Um, you know, there's, there's heat, you know, the workwear industry is quite huge and, and I think it's really, really changing. So I think... It's really a matter of not saying, okay, you know what, here it is. You know, it's kind of working and sitting back and relaxing and just forgetting anything. And, you know, we've, we've really got to come in every day, continue that same kind of passion and just come up with new ideas of, of guests making um, our customers feel more welcome, providing, you know, better service for them and, I guess, improving their, their kind of way of thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Mm, cool, mate. So uh, there's a question I like to ask all of my guests on the show, and yes. uh, that is, if you had a thousand tradies in the room, Josh, what would be one piece of advice you'd leave them with, other than getting some new printed workwear, mate? <laughs> oh, wow, that's a tough question. That's the toughest question. Um, so... Just so, just run that past me again. So, if I had a thousand tradies in the room, what would be the one piece of advice I'd leave them with? Correct. Um, in terms of like workwear, like or just in terms oh, of just advice, mate. So you're standing on the stage. You've just uh, been given the opportunity to impart your wisdom upon a thousand tradie business owners. What would you tell them? I would say to them, get themselves a coach. That would be my one piece of advice is get themselves a coach, get themselves a mentor, get someone who can help you because, you know, in the early days, it's tough doing it by yourself. Um, You need, whether it's a mentor, whether it's another business partner, whether it's, you know, a friend, I really think the best advice is to get somebody, you know, who's a coach, you know, um, think about all the musicians, think about all the, you know, Olympic athletes. Ian Thorpe, you know, all the great football stars, everyone's kind of had a coach, somebody to push them because I think if you're not, I guess as humans we're all not blasé or anything like that, but we kind of go at our own speed and I think we all need someone to help us along the way and and, to, and more importantly to push us to, to, to I guess, to, to grow. Nice, mate. Very good advice. And, and there hasn't been too many guests in the years I've been doing the show that, okay. have, that have come out with that one, mate. So uh, I swear I didn't put him up to it, listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it is true, mate. I mean, having those mentors and coaches, I mean, we have them when we're younger. We just don't realize it and we take on uh, a lot of the beliefs and values of our parents and our mentors and teachers as we're growing up. But then as adults, it's like, especially uh, a lot of us men, we seem to have this idea that we should be able to do stuff on our own. And, and I just, I think it's well, a... a a sad opportunity that we're missing out on. I totally agree with you. And also there's also that notion that I guess we think we know everything, especially in the early years. Like, no, I know how to do everything and I'm on top of things. And, and, and I think sometimes we've got to be a bit more receptive and also be able to take criticism as well from other people and to be able to contribute new ideas to, I guess, different ways of doing things. Absolutely, mate. Well, Fanta- I reckon that piece of advice alone is is worth you know thousands of dollars to anyone listening to this show, mate. Uh, so if listeners want to find out more about you, and they definitely should, because I I see lots of tradies out there who don't have snappy uniforms and aren't looking the part. Uh, where where's the best place to find out more about printed workwear, Josh? 
Um, well, yeah, probably the first step would be our website. Um, if you go to printedworkwear.com.au, um, we've got all the latest styles online. Um, we've also got instant prices where you can get, you know, instant quotes. Um, and apart from that, we're on Facebook as well. Um, but um, we're probably a bit more, um, I guess, uh, steady more on Instagram. So if you go to Instagram, search printed work where we, we try and do daily updates of some of the photos and all the, the work we're kind of working on and, and any of, I guess, the, um, the new styles we're launching. Nice, mate. Nice. And uh, as I said at the top of this chat, uh, Josh and I will brainstorm a little competition for you to win a bunch of stuff that I don't fit because I'm too small. (laughs) (laughs) You can always, like, you know, like get them signed and take them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, look, mate, it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been it's been good to talk about uniforms and and workwear. It's not something we've ever done on the show before, and I think it's a, it's something it's a really simple, low cost way that tradies can uh, can use to market their business and just you know stand out from their competitors, look tidy, and and maybe pick up the odd job here and there. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, thank you so much for the opportunity, Warwick. I uh, really appreciate it for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. So you know what I'm about to say. Great interview. They're all great interviews. And no, not because I'm on them. I actually don't really like the sound of my own voice. I don't think anybody does, do they? Well, maybe a few politicians. But anyway, uh, that was a great interview with Josh from Printed Workwear. And it's competition time. Another one. So we've given away the uh, the free tradie first aid kit. Thanks to everybody who commented and and posted photos of nails through fingers and stuff. That was a bit gruesome, but anyway. Um, another competition. I'm giving away some Tradies Business Show workwear to one lucky listener. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to post a photo of myself on the Tradies Business Show website. You need to go have a look at that photo and guess how many items are in the box that I'm holding. Closest guess gets the box of gear. There's uh, there's some cool swag in there, beanies and jumpers and high vis stuff and yeah, and it's all monogrammed with Tradies Business Show. So not only can you be safe, you can also look good and you can be my biggest supporter. How cool is that? Well, I think it's pretty cool anyway. So go to Tradies Business Show on Facebook. Uh, have a look at the photo. Guess the number. Feel free to share it around. Person with closest guess wins the swag. And I will be drawing that at the end of this month, which is May 2018. So get on there. Get guessing. And, uh, yeah, I'll be announcing the winner via Facebook and sending you a message. Um, so make sure if you're going to comment, make sure I can actually message you. Don't do not do it with a fake account or something ridiculous. So anyway, um, if you want to find out more, Go to tradiesbusinessshow.com. You'll find this episode there. The links will be in the show notes or hit me on Facebook at Tradies Business Show. Thanks for your ears. Until next episode, hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.